Let's go. Cool. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Logo Marked 5-Minute Podcast, where I interview designers from around the world. Today, I have Dan Beltran from Seattle, USA. How are you doing? I am doing great. How are you doing, Mark? Fantastic. Fantastic. Even, <laughs> even better to be talking to you. So Perfect. I'll be talking to you too. So, so, the, first, so the first question, what is your favorite logo and why? That's a great, that's a great question. <laughs> There's so many. Yeah. I would say that from the get go, like a great logo comes down to the brand behind it, you know? Yeah. For instance, you know, you, you could have anybody pitching the Nike logo without any concept of what it was going to be. And it would, you know, get tossed out in a second. <sighs> so that being said, man, favorite logo. I want to default to like, you know, FedEx, Nike, like, I like simple. I like easy. I'd yeah. say off the top of my head, the first thing that comes to mind is Target. It's it's literally a Target, right? It's two circles. It can't get much simpler than that. Um, I like logo systems. So the first one that comes to mind in that sense is MTV and how they have that one overarching mark that can be made into 700 million different styles or depending on whatever yeah. uh, it's going to be used for. And so that that I'd say MTV or Target pretty lame but they're simple and they work right and that's at the end of the day that's what it comes down to so yeah i actually love the target logo um i just i featured it recently on the, the logo marks instagram account oh awesome it, nice yeah really nice logo so where when it, where is your number one place for design uh, design research sure i guess the world around me is that cheesy to say you know yeah, i i whenever i'm out and about i always look for interest interesting ways that objects and shapes and forms interact with each other, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I guess try to pull that in whenever I'm making a design. I like to have marks that are clever. Um, I like to challenge people to look beyond sort of just the face value of the mark. I like to have like hidden meanings and whatnot. And so I'd say number one place besides the internet, which is essentially the world at your fingertips, um, out, out in the world, you know, experiencing and, and seeing live. So when did you first get into design? <laughs> I actually first started designing probably four and a half, four ish years ago. That's when I started like fiddling around in the software. I taught myself everything yeah. uh, that I know. And so I don't really have the luxury of a formal design education, but um, in the last probably two year and a half to two years, I've started taking myself a little more seriously, uh, researching the fundamentals. That was the first thing I did, um, reading up on sort of the pros, I guess you could say, all of the grid systems and all of the color theory and all of like form versus function and all this great stuff that you get to go through uh, as a novice. And so probably, yeah. Three-ish, four-ish years ago. So what made you want to get into design then? What you doing before? <laughs> Great question. Uh, yeah. No, I was in, I was in college, right. and I was convinced from the get-go you know, that I was going to be an accounting major okay. and work with numbers my whole life. Um, and I was set, and then I went in to school and hated accounting. Didn't work out. Like My life was crushed. I had to figure out a different route to go. I ended up actually not even, I, I chose a degree in public relations and like marketing, right? And somewhere along the way, stumbled into design and like loved it. And so I was like leading this whole freelance operation while getting my degree for something I wasn't even sure I was going to use. Um, 
and just sort of it developed into I wouldn't say it's a passion it's like an obsession it's like weird you know how much I enjoy it you know and so yeah it was accident 100% but I love it and I never looking back nice that's a, yeah. that's a good way to go so mm-hmm. what is your most used font that's tough well it's easy so I work full time right and in my full time role we use din so by default right. I have to say din is my most used font but on my own I like the workhorses. I like the solid, fundamentally, you know, you can't go wrong with like Avenir. You can't go wrong with so many. I mean, yeah, Proxima, like there's, there's a ton right now. One of my favorite fonts is a font called active grotesque. Right. Um, it's, it's this like sleek, but fundamentally sound like cut edgy, blah, blah, blah. Um, typefaces that I really enjoy. So I, I mean, most used is din, but that's cheating. So maybe active would be my second favorite slash used. So uh, Dennis Cortez, the other guy I had on this uh, podcast, he, he said that yeah. as well. That was his favorite. So oh, no way. So well used. Font. That's funny. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great font. I feel like it's rising in popularity. And so yeah. don't use it or else I'm going to have to stop. <laughs> so who's your logo design idol? Actually. Yeah. This is what got me into logo design was coming across one of these guys. It's books. Hmm. Um, and his name is Yasuburo Kuyama. And he's got, you know, the classic, I think uh, Draplin went over him a few months back. His logo design books are like eye candy to me, you know. And so anytime I'm looking for inspiration or any type of, he's got so much reference material, you know, that you can just use and pull from. He's got natural shapes, everything from mountains, trees, like everything you could possibly need are in his books. And so um, having, I know he was involved, I think, the Tokyo Olympics. Right. I forget what year specifically, but that whole succeed 64, I think 64. Yeah. Um, that whole schematic just, I feel changed the entire game of the way that Olympics were branded and at a global scale, you know, when you have that opportunity to really go full designer, I guess in a way that's useful and usable, um, I, I find that really admirable, and I, I feel like at a fundamental level, that's what I try to implement in my designs on a daily basis. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny how you mentioned him. I only found out about him yesterday. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Yeah, I know. Oh, so he's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like a, fr- a friend of mine, um, the logo geek, Ian Padgett, he, he mentioned it to me, and he's, I, was, I was researching books and stuff to buy, and um, mm-hmm. his books are so expensive, but they're they're incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're grails, like straight up, like yeah. fundamental logo design, minimal, simple, easy, tra- like translatable. He's got it on pad, and so I, I didn't, I didn't realize he was involved in the, uh, the Tokyo Games Olympics and stuff. Mm-hmm. That explain why it's so good. And right, they've for the for the next for twenty twenty. I think they've sort of they disappointed a lot of people. They've, it's not it's nowhere yeah. near as good as the sixty four or whatever year it was. You can, I mean, it's a grail, you know, at that point, like you can't, you can't top something. He set the bar so high in terms of getting rid of words and having the ability for nations to come together and, and know exactly where to go because the signage is impeccably understandable to any language, anybody, you know, like yeah. that's, that's such a huge feat to be able to tackle. And I think that it stands testament to how great of a designer he was to be able to have that to his name. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. So how many I don't know how many logo design books you read. I mean you obviously you obviously mentioned him and you've probably read a few of his books. Yes. So what is the most valuable book that you've read? 
sort of design? Relating to design. That is tough, man. <laughs> I don't know. Or favorite? Right, right. It's like all of them, you know? It's like, I mean, like the first ones that come to mind are the first ones that I <clears throat> got my hands on from the get-go, which were the uh, grid systems and graphic design, the raster systems. Right. Um, which was huge in terms of like layout and composition and then the logo, anything by, you know, Yasuburo Kuyama is obviously super popular. Um, I try to stay away from like the trendy new release logo compilation books. You know, I feel like they're sort of cheap, you know, and they're cheapening sort of what is sacred to me in a weird way. Um, so I try to stick to the classics, you know, um, probably his, Volume two logo marks. Uh, he's got a lettered logo book, which is amazing too. It just goes through like the alphabet um, for for different like logos for letters, and it's inc- it's it's insane. Like it blows my mind how this man he had like seven thousand different variations of the letter A. Like I don't understand how you can conceptualize that, and they're all fundamentally sound, you know. And so um, I enjoy my favorite part of being a designer is seeing what everybody else has done and and experiencing what they've put out into the world and then taking that and making it my own, you know? And so I don't know if I could specifically say one particular book, but I guess the entire experience of navigating my way as a designer and interacting with other people, such as, you know, Mark or anybody else in the world, you know, like it's, it's the experience that makes it for me. So I couldn't say a single book. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, this is going to be another bad question. What is, what is your number one logo design tip? Sure, <clears throat> it's it's the classic recommendation that anybody will give. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Is uh, not to overthink, you know, and not to. You can spend five hundred hours sitting in front of a mark, and it'll look terrible. Versus, you know, you could spend five minutes in front of it. You've got the core idea; it's set, and you're you're good, right? And sort of thing. Um, I, so my my tip would be not to over design, uh, because more time, like ninety five percent of the time, less is going to be more in any instance, you know. And um, I follow this principle that my sister, she's a visual effects like animation guru, um, and she. It's this theory called Chekhov's gun and it's used primarily in like plays. And essentially it says if, if there's a prop on set and it's not going to be used, like, why is it there? You know, take it off, like get rid of it. If it's not, if it has no importance, if it doesn't mean anything, if it's not setting up the character, why is it there? And I try to use that mentality in the design that I do. If it's not going to allude to anything, if it's not pushing anywhere, why is it there? Take it out. Get rid of it. Less is more. Boom. That's a that's a great uh, thing to stand by. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. So learn it, love it, live it. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So where can people find you? Yeah, so I have a website, designwithdan.com. Clever, funny, nice. ha, ha, ha. Uh, I'm in the process of redoing it right now, so it might look a little different than it does. I don't know when this is going to be out in the world, but... Probably looks different. Um, LinkedIn at dbelts. It's just like a compilation of my, uh, excuse me, Instagram is dbelts. Photography, like an amateur hobby that I like to pick up. No design work whatsoever. 
uh, or the Designers League. Come check it out. That's where I met you. <laughs> yeah. Holla, holla. Look it up on Facebook. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. No worries, Mark. Thanks for having me. Cheers. All right. Have a good one. And that was Dan Bilt from, from Seattle, USA. What a cool guy. Go and check out his stuff at designwithdan.com. Also, as he mentioned, we, we're both part of the Designers League on Facebook. It's a closed design group, and that's where we both met. So this podcast would never have happened without that. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. You can find all the other episodes in the link in the description. Or if you're on the logo marked website, you can find them on the same page. Make sure you don't miss out on an episode by subscribing to our YouTube channel. I'll see you in the next one.